Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. everyone uh welcome to ruin this is hallie and this is allison and this week we are playing a movie from the vaults yes this the is vault. one of our famous episodes that we recorded um early before we had an understanding of how sound works yeah so um, good equipment or a great team with us uh i mean not that we didn't have good equipment and great people working with us then but it's certainly not the same as it is now so what you're going to hear, what you're about to hear will sound different, but not vampire voice. And, and we wanted to release it because it's a uh, much requested movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is The Invitation, which I absolutely loved. Yes. One of the most iconic endings of uh, all, you know, last 10 years in horror movies. I have said when people ask about like movies that we've done that are the scariest or like I often reference and never tell anybody what happens or, like, the plot or anything like that. I'm like, the invitation at the end, like, I have goosebumps and it's, like, hard for me to think about, like, the image. And I haven't even seen it. It's just you telling me about it. So it's a, it's a treat. So we're happy to present it. We just want to do this little intro to let you know this was recorded previously. And also, yes. uh, in keeping with uh, our little storytelling, I was trying to think of stories about the worst dinner party or the worst party or just weird mm-hmm. parties and I will say, this is not the worst, but I, I remember in my 20s uh, uh, living in Brooklyn and going to a Williamsburg party and walking in and being like, oh, no, these are cool young people. Ugh, and I was like 29, but these terrifying. were like 22-year-olds. So I was like, my God. Yes. And the uh, the apartment was entirely white, painted white floors. Like, there was an armchair, but it was like white wood. Like, it was nothing was comfortable. There was like a bed in the middle of the living room. And I was like, this is not my scene whatsoever. Mm-mm. And I sat down. There was, like, not a ton of seating either. So I sat down on the floor next to the uh, bed. And I look under the bed, and there's a white rabbit under <gasps> there, which is Like a living? Enough, a living, breathing little white rabbit under there. Okay. And which was already unnerving. But then I look, and the rabbit was just shitting everywhere under the bed. Ah. And I was like, what? How do these people live? Like, why would you live this way? Why would you live this way? I guess, like, if you if you paint the floor of your rental white, it is easier to see where your bird, your uh, bird, your um, earth bird, <laughs> what, I, what I call ra- rabbits. Yeah, the ground birds, rabbits. It's easier to see where they're shitting, but also it did not seem like they were cleaning up that often. Right. It's like, that's, it's one thing to be like, showing it so you can clean it. If it's just doing it and you're not doing anything, like now you're just creating yeah. a, a more nightmarish scenario for us. And I think I literally said to my friends, I think we got to leave. Yes. I did just remember a terrible, very brief party experience that like years and years ago, my friend Allison, so already two Allisons, too spooky, too scary. Um, Confusing. It was before Thanksgiving and she was like, oh, like, you know how, like, you get invited, like, when you work in the entertainment industry, you have all of these different people that you work with and for or for you. At, and around the holidays, there's always, like, a million parties, like, in the pre-pandemic mm-hmm. world especially. There were so many. And she got, like, invited through an either an agent or a manager or whatever to this, like, night before Thanksgiving party um, 
watching the the balloons getting blown up, like on Seinfeld. That's like a real thing. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's so weird that I got invited to this because like, I, it feels like this is a person I barely interact with and they're like much higher up like within my representation. It was just this like, she was like, it's so weird I got invited. Do you want to come? We'll go to this party and that'll be fun. And I was like, great, amazing. And we like got there and like, the you know, the doors are all open. You buzz in, like it's a party. So pe- they're not just like, who are you? And we like put our coats at like the coat check at this person's like big fancy apartment and walk in and realize like, oh, her invite was absolutely a mistake. Like, oh. we did not know a single person, and everyone looked at us like, who are these oh, people? No. And it's like, it was like, we think, like, the fault of, um, you know, you just auto-filling when you're, like, sending out emails, and it's, like, just some oh, other yeah. Allison or A or AL or whatever like that, that, oh, like, no. she got it. But, like, we, but, like, we had put our coats down and got a drink before we realized that we, like, were not supposed to be there. Um, It was not a huge, and so then we had to be like, okay, thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Just like walk out. So, which is, which would have been an ideal situation for the movie that we're talking about today, because that's, that would have been a much better outcome for everybody to just leave. (laughs) Yeah. The moral of both the invitation and of our stories is if you feel weird at a party, just, just leave. Just lie and leave. Just leave. Just get out of there. People don't care. It's Mm -mm. fine. So, guys, we hope you enjoy it. And as always, um, we love you. We love you. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hi, I'm Hallie Kiefer. And I'm Allison Livey. Welcome back to Ruined, the <laughs> podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. And me. Um, and as you've been listening, of course, every week. I assume that people only listen to this podcast and literally nothing else. This is the new daily. If so, I'm so sorry that we're making you <laughs> stupider. But of course, every uh, episode we ruin a horror movie. I love horror movies. Allison. Terrified. She's afraid. But I want to know what happens. And the movie we're doing this week is The Invitation from 2015, directed by Karen Kusama, written by Phil Hayes and Matt Manfredi. One of my faves. I mean, 2015 was literally a different time. That's before Trump. It's hard. Wow. It's hard to remember. I hadn't thought of that. I feel like we should like time all these movies as like before and after Trump as like you know I was gonna say what kind of horror they register as it doesn't feel pre-Trump it feels very of the moment yeah I mean so maybe there was prescient yes and of course uh, we make Allison she does not watch the movies but she does watch the trailer so based on the trailer what are your thoughts First, tell us what, tell everybody, including me, what genre you consider this film to be. Now, I, of course, create my own genres. As and you I should. reject all traditional <laughs> genres. And I came up with a genre that Allison corrected me, and also I'll give you both. It's two. My genre was the human brain misunderstands death, <laughs> which I think is a lot of horror movies. It's also terrifying. But Allison was like, and what was one that you suggested? I also think it's spooky dinner party. And boy, there are a lot of movies that are spooky dinner parties. So she's right. I mean, also, that, I'm not wrong. I feel like they're both right, but also both should be considered proper film genres. Absolutely. So that's where we're at. If that sounds like something that you don't want to watch, well, then you're lucky for you. We're about to spoil the yeah, whole movie for you. We'll tell you everything happened. Well, Hallie will tell you what happens, and I'll react to that. And then, okay, so based on the trailer, do you think that you could watch this? I absolutely could not watch this movie. I don't think that we've... I think the only movie... I could have ever watched those House of Wax. Um, Gosh. What a, uh, of course, please listen to the House of Wax episode. Yeah, if you haven't. I'm assuming everybody listens to everything in order. Um, no, I couldn't watch. I feel like the trailer set up, 
like a world where it was just like, I mean, it's a lot of like quick cuts between like a lavish dinner party of attractive Which people. Which you love. That all, I do love so a lavish it was, dinner exactly party. It would lure you in. But like also, I don't want lavish dinner parties to be ruined for me because they ruined, <clears throat> titular line, um, of the podcast, not the <laughs> No, um, I did that count. I mean, obviously. Uh, but I feel like there was so much just like not scary stuff happening in the yes. trailer mm-hmm. that I was horrified at what I wasn't. A lot of lingering looks, a lot of darkened corridors where you look at the end, I don't see anything. Yeah, but there's no, and there's no people. A lot of shots with no people in them. And to me, in a house, come on. Yeah. There's people in a house. You know, there's there's something in that house. <laughs> Something's happening in that house. So we're going to get into it. Um, join us as we ruin the invitation. I will have to say really quickly from the trailer, two of the actors looked very similar. Right, and so Allison pointed that out, and then immediately said, "Oh, well, is that is that part of it?" Um, no, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, maybe that's an underlying thing. I was but confused no. by who was who in the trailer. And I will say that a lot of horror movies, I think they 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 should take more pains to make people look different because when you have too many white people in a movie, I do agree. Or uh, any Honestly, person, every movie should be taking more pains to make people look different. Right. I mean, every episode of television shows I watch, where I'm like. These are all the same people. Right. Are we talking about the same guy? Right. So I agree with it, but no, that is not part of it. So in case that's something that freaks you out, don't worry. <clears throat> and Open begin. on a car driving into the Hollywood Hills. Now, I've only been to L.A., I guess, three times. So this is to me, L.A., like, you know, we're going to this, like, someone's house in the hills, and it's gorgeous, and they have a pool, and it's like this fantasy life that in New York is just rats and garbage. We yeah. don't have the, that Even when of, you walk up to, like, a rich person's apartment, like, oh. you still pass, like, three men spitting. Right. Your, your shoes like, okay. are filled with garbage water. <laughs> so we're, we open on— Is the vibe— uh, it's already creepy, or is this like a we're excited for an evening, like sexy? I would say something? it's creepy from the from yeah. the jump. I mean, the whole trailer is terrifying and creepy, and nothing happens in it. So I can only imagine the whole film is that way. So the reason it's creepy, and you find this out pretty early on, is that um, the couple that we're following is Will and his girlfriend Kira, and got uh, me for me. Kira was the the character that I'm with because she's the girlfriend being brought into a crazy situation. Oh God! So it's already scary, even if nothing happens. I know. Just being someone's new girlfriend, having to meet their friends, already a nightmare. A true nightmare. So um, Will and Kira are driving to the home of Eden and David, and Oof, Will and Eden scary. used to be married. However, you find out very early okay. that their son passed away. They had a son named Ty. He died accidentally. So th- they they broke up, Eden because of guy. that. Yes, okay. and they they you know that, that's uh, the a lot a lot of part of the movie is grief and how do you deal with it, and Good. nice so, and uncomfortable. Exactly. So imagine. So if you love the death of a child, you're going to absolutely love this movie. <laughs> Who doesn't? So Will and so Will and Kara um, and sort of their friend group. Nobody has heard from Eden and David in two years. Okay, right? and they're the owners of this home. Yes, and uh, that Will and Eden used to live in with their son, right. who again has has died. And so it's been two years, but they got this invitation. Oh. Which weirdly is not the invitation of the title, but we'll get into that. Interesting. What? I do like that the movie opens on a very nice, like, printed, you know, like, clearly they ordered it online, you know, type of thing. Imagine ordering invitations for, like, a 12-person dinner party. Well, Allison, it's a very special evening. I mean, I can tell. It's going to be things awful. are going to happen. Ah! And so they're driving. So, of course, Will and Kira immediately hit a, a coyote oh, and almost great. kill it. And so in order to put it out of its misery, 
Will has to kill the coyote with a tire iron. Oh, my God. You don't see it. It's very tastefully done. You're behind the car. And also, who carries a, car, a tire iron? I don't know. I don't live in L.A. I don't have a car. What's having a car? Like, does what everybody— If you're iron? driving around in a car with a car, do you always have a weapon in addition to the car? Cars are weapons. Um, I guess technically, yes. Yeah, I guess you would have— so Jesus that's, Christ. It introduces the idea of if somebody is suffering— is it right to put him out of their misery? Oh Allison, what's your take on this? Do you think it's right? Hypothetically, you hit a coyote. Would you kill it? I don't think I could, but I no. would want it to be dead. Yes. Is that like, I would want, like, I don't think I physically could kill right. it, but I would want, like, I mean, maybe I could run it over with my car. That's probably what I would have done instead of hitting it. It's room. just like kind of, yeah, I couldn't, but, well, I couldn't like physically, I couldn't bludgeon something to exactly, death. Exactly, yeah. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think there's anything I could bludgeon to death. And that's the difference Except between Except for you, conversation. I mean, <laughs> and that's the difference between you and some of the people in this movie, I think. Okay, so they are bludgeoners. Yeah, so um, Will and Kira show up to the house and we immediately meet their friends. So this is their friends who are basically like, the implication, we see some flashbacks where it's like, uh, when Eden and Will were together and their son was alive, they would have, like, barbecues in their backyard. And, like, it was, like, all this close-knit. Like, the implication is, like, they're... Again, I'm trying to cut down on the implication. But, like, they're early 40s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so people who have homes, sure. they're kind of more established. So they would have barbecues and, like, really... You know what I mean? Sort of, like, what did I do? They've been like? sociali- socializing. So no, no one Not has really true. seen each other for two years. And Eden and David have been out of the country. Right. Are they kind of, like, the center of the group? Well, it's their home. Okay. So, uh... I think Will and Eden used to be, but now it's Eden. So I think Eden and David are, like, inviting everyone back to their home. Like, sorry, we've been, uh, you know, sort of dealing with this. We've been out of the country. So we meet Gina, Claire, Ben, and a very horny gay couple named Tommy and Miguel. <laughs> but they, and they, they're Tommy like, and Miguel sound like, I mean, just like the names together yes. are... And there's someone you'd want at a dinner party. Of course. And so so Gina, we know that her boyfriend, Choi, has not arrived. But everyone's Troy? like, uh, Choi. Okay. They're like, oh, Choi, he's always late to everything. It's not a big deal, but, you know, he did say he'd be here early, but no one's seen him. Well, it's probably fine. Yeah. Oh, I you wouldn't know, worry at all. There's stuff. already a dead coyote, so why would we worry about anything else? And then here's a very important thing to know. Nobody gets cell phone reception in this house. Because in the real world, if nothing else, at least you have your cell phone. And also, like, if I was in a place with a bunch of people, even if they were my friends, and none of us had cell phone reception, right. I'd be like, we shouldn't be here. Like, there's also no landline. This is established. There's no landline. Well, I mean, that's like believable. We're in a yes. we're in a home right now, and there is no landline. Yes, Sam. Why don't you Our have a landline, Sam? Sam? All right. Well, we'll deal with that we'll deal later. with that later. Um, if we're not dead, so they arrive there, and Will Will's you know this is the first time he's been in his home since his son has died, essentially. Okay. And yeah, so, triggering and awful. So he's starting to go through like this. And it's understandable, like, this psychological, like, oh, my God, I'm returning to this home where this horrible thing happened. Me and my wife split up. And, like, you know, she's made this gesture whatever. And then Eden, the ex-wife, mm-hmm. mother of the, the son who passed away, shows up in a long white flowing gown. Shows and up. And you know okay. for a second. Like, the second you see her, something ain't right with Eden. Honestly, wearing a long white gown to mm-hmm. a dinner party in general, even if it is your house, is exactly. a pretty big red flag. And I want to say she's barefoot the entire time. Ugh. Like, so, you can't have people, I mean, I guess we're all barefoot right now, but, like, you yeah. can't have a proper dinner party and be like, everyone take your shoes off. You're in L.A. It's not New York where everything is covered in filth. And that's the thing is, like, in this movie, a couple times things come up, and I'll say when it does, where it's like, oh, um, things are weird. And people literally say, well, it's L.A. And that is what I think what? of L.A. It's like, well, that someone's, is- someone's acting weird and, like, whatever. Well, it's L.A. People are into their own thing. So, like, the other film that I feel like, Having not seen this, great, even uh, better, and only having heard the beginning of it. But like, 
Mulholland Drive for me is like another. Ooh. I've seen it, so we can't talk about. It, but I forget all of it because I blocked it out. So maybe I've never seen it. So maybe then you could, we could have an episode. Where oh you my god, we should me. do that. Great, we're planning right. right on the podcast. This is how the sausage gets eaten. Um, <laughs> so so Eden and David are immediately like, "Hey everyone, thanks so much for coming. None of us. Sh- we should live life in the moment. No one should hold back." And no, you're like, "Bitch, I'm, I am in New out. York, that would not fly." No, if someone was like that in New York, you'd be like, "I'm going home." Yeah. You'd make something up and just leave. You'd be like, oh, sorry, I'm sick. <laughs> like, right, I have yeah. 90 other people I need to see. I'm like, sorry, out of cell phone service, and I don't feel comfortable with that. No. I have to leave. I'm not going to be somewhere where there's no cell phone service and there's somebody being like a hippie asshole. Right. But again, like, again, it's LA. And also it's like, okay, nobody's seen Eden. Her son did die. And everyone wants to be nice. Like, right. hey, you know, and I think a lot of— Do we of know where they were out of the country and why? Mexico and then someplace else. And we're about okay. to find out why. I'm excited. But sort of like, you know, the last time we see them, saw them, Will Will is really distraught and dealing with his son's death, and so is Eden, to the point where you see a flashback of Eden attempting suicide. And um, luckily it didn't, didn't pan out. But so they are both completely devastated. So he has not seen her since then. And then when she shows up and she's like, hey, He hasn't seen her since she tried to kill herself after their son died? Well, she essentially left him for this guy, David. Because David had some— Eden, you have some issues. But David had some—well, I guess they met in a grief group. So that's Okay, okay. so Eden meets David in this grief group, leaves Will, and they have not spoken in two years. But Will's like, boy, this sure is a uh, 180 from when I saw you two years ago. Um, when we were both grieving the death of our son and now you're all smiles and whatever. And David also has that very, like, hippie, like, you know, oh. we're all, t- like, that kind of stuff where I just feel like as a New Yorker, New Yorker, you're immediately It's a guard. red flag. But maybe in L.A., maybe you're not. Like, well, everyone LA, you're like, is well, exactly. Everyone is, like, exactly. vacant and smiling. So you're like, well, maybe this is just, like, what's happening. And so Will is immediately like, oh, boy, you know, and so, but David's like, I, I have this, like, incredibly expensive bottle of wine. We're all going to drink some. And as they're toasting, Will looks down one of the hallways, and you know it's dark and creepy. I, of course it is. And you know what he, you know what he sees in the doorway? Oh, my God. Of, of a room. Who is it? Or what is it? Of a it's like a room in the house, not yes. like an outside. Like a bedroom. I don't know, something that belongs to a child, like a shoe. It is a bottomless woman, a woman with a shirt and Ooh. her vag out. <laughs> That's that the have, opposite of a child's shoe. And that we have not been introduced to. So, like, David and you are like, thanks so much for coming. I'm so glad to have friends. Let's have a toast. There's no mention of, oh, by the way, there's this bottomless woman. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> and so so she gives, like, a sexy look. And then, so yada, yada, yada. Like, are we supposed to believe that, like, everyone can see her? Can no one see her? She comes out. Now oh, dressed. she is a person. Now dressed. Okay. Her name is Sadie. And Ugh, she comes out. It would be. And so you're immediately assuming, like, David and Eden... They're a couple, and they are. Sadie comes out and immediately kisses David on the neck. And so you're like, oh, oh a it's thruple. a thruple. Oh, boy, which we established our feelings on polyamory on this, which is like, <laughs> it's fine, but oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> what an so, eye roll. Which, again, is an L.A. thing. We're like, yeah. if that happened in a party, you're like, oh, great, they've got some girlfriend we have to meet, like, who is, and she is batshit crazy. Like, she's just of like, course she was hi. bottomless in a like, hallway. Oh, my God. Like, is, like, the kind of person at a party, you're like, please do not make me talk to Sadie. No. Like, I, I respect your choices about life, but for the love of God, I can't talk to this woman. She's like, hey, everyone, I'm just so filled with love tonight. Like, you can write a whole, level. You can write a whole horror movie just on me being <laughs> at a dinner party with the third person in a couple. So if you're seated next to that person, you're like, please. I am, I will claw my eyes out. So, and that's the, that's the only flaw with this movie, I want to be clear, is that at least in New York, 
everyone is at any point in time looking for a reason to leave a party. Well, that's the thing. This is enough for me to leave the well, party. Well, LA, everybody's like, I mean, I drove here or that's I true. Ubered here, that's so true. I have to I have to stick it out. I have to yeah. watch this whole comedy show. I have to stay for this whole dinner party. In LA or in New York, you're just you're like, like, I'm out. I'm out. I can take the subway or walk at literally 90 time. places. So Kira, being feeling very awkward, is immediately like blurts out like, oh, we had a coyote and Will had to kill it. Where it's like, thanks, Kira, for like, Throwing me under the bus. But I get it. She's the girlfriend. She never doesn't know these people. She's just trying to make conversation. <laughs> and so, like, there is, like, sort of a, you know, a moment of, like, they're all kind of hanging out and drinking wine. And, like, there's a, a, a moment of, of respite. And, um, however, Will, Will goes to the kitchen for a glass of water or whatever, flashes back to Eden's uh, suicide attempt. And he's like, you know, I, 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 have, I have to say, I haven't been in the house in a while, but I don't remember there being bars on all the windows. That seems a little odd, isn't it? And I, but now that I'm thinking of it, all the doors are locked in a way that I can't, we can't open them from the from the inside. So no cell phone service, bars on the windows, doors right. locked from the outside. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. Definitely but a Eden, place I wouldn't be worried about at all. But Eden's like, you know, and then she starts talking about her time in Mexico with David. So they okay. went to Mexico and she says, I am different. I'm free. All that useless pain, it's gone. It's something anyone can have, Will. And I want you to have it, too. Think back to the genre, okay? Okay. And so basically with Spooky the... Spooky dinner party or mind not understanding both. death? But I think <laughs> the mind not understanding death. Yeah, obviously. And so and it's interesting because I think that's sort of the premise of the, the movie is like, in order to uh, survive something terrible, you have to rationalize it. And sometimes, like if you're Buddhist, that's great. That's a great way to go. If not, well, people make a lot of explanations about death that are pretty yeah. kooky. Pretty kooky. And so, um, you know, uh, Ben, who's kind of like this heavy set, cute, blonde friend, his wife is at home taking care of their kids. Lucky her. I mean, you know God, I mean? If I, like, I've never wanted to have children, but in this movie, I want to be her. I mean, it pretty much <laughs> saves her life. And so, of course, he walks it does. In, <laughs> And Eden, Eden says, um, you know, I was just telling Will that pain is optional. It's all chemical reactions. It's it's entirely physical and it's completely changeable, which is like, girl. That is L.A. talk. Also, we've been at this party for 15 minutes, okay? No, yeah. And also, you're talking to the man whose child, you had a child with him and he died. Yeah. And Ben says, that sounds fucking crazy. So Eden slaps him across the face. Okay. And so you see this like flare of real anger and yes. she leaves or whatever. And uh, you're like, oh boy, okay. And so they come back out and Eden comes back. It's like, you know, I'm just, I forgot about that moment. So you should forget about it too. See, the pain's gone. You know, Ooh, we choose not that to be angry or pain. super kooky. Yeah. And so, and I think like the, in the movie, it's like Eden is like in total denial of the pain about her child. And that has led her to do some things, which we're about to get into right now. Oh but Will is like the messy, grieving, emotional. And the movie is sort of about like, what is the appropriate way to take some terrible? I was gonna ways? say, does it does it feel like it sides more with like there being a right way and a wrong way, or well, Allison, here we go. I think there's a pretty strong stance. <laughs> so, uh, so they're all hanging out, and Will hears a scream from the uh, living room. They go out there, and Gina turns to Will, like he runs back out, and Gina says they're in a cult. And you find out that when they were in Mexico, they joined a group called the Invitation. It's just a group of people coming together. You know, they all have lost someone, and they, they help each other. You know, it's, it's, it's really a science rather than, like, some weird religious cult or anything. And it's run by a man named... Interesting. Dr. Joseph. No. Which you just don't like to hear. 
And so they went there and, um, you know, and Will is, Will is like, oh no. Like, you know, and the, the room's kind of split, like, which is, is this like, oh, like just a hippie thing that people are into? Right. Or is this a cult? Right. Right. You know, it's a fucking cult. Of course like, it's a cult. No way it's not a cult. Also, the invitation is truly one the most terrifying thing you could name something. Exactly. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. And so while they're there, the doorbell rings and another guest arrives. And the guest is, his name is Pruitt, and he is played by John Carroll Lynch, a phenomenal actor and stepfather of our good friend our Emily good friend, Altman. Emily Altman. A wonderful writer and human being. And when he, when John Carroll Lynch shows up, you know nothing good's going to happen. Right. Because I, I associate him with, he's a twisty from American Horror Story. If you've seen that a season, he's on Veep. He's on Veep, but that's a comedy role. Right. Well, I've never seen it. So the point, maybe we should do a podcast where you explain Veep to me. <laughs> so he shows up and it's like, oh, that's weird that. A you total strange. Because the rest Sadie, of them, the rest right. of them know each other. Correct? Except for Sadie and Pruitt, who are like, who are these people that you met in Mexico? So they are also part of the invitation. Okay. And they're like, oh, you know. You know, there's some some other moments we see sort of Will's flashbacks to when they had this life together. And he sees um, uh, Eden put a, a, a thing of pills in her side table. So, of course, he takes one and, and looks at it and is like, what is this? So they're And all, that's a flashback. Um, no, this is so modern day. Okay. He sees Eden getting these pills out. You, okay. you find out later they're um, phenobarbital. So they're essentially— Something that you could hypothetically put in some glasses of wine to knock them out. Yes. But he doesn't say anything because, again, Will is our, like is trying to process. Himself. Yes. He's like, am I being weird? Whatever. So they're hanging out, and someone's like, so what is the invitation? Is it a cult? And he's like, well, actually, we have a video. Can you outright ask people, is it a cult? Because I would like to do Where that like, more ha, with, ha, like, ha, ha. Um, it's not a cult. I wouldn't call it. Like, there's, yeah. it's so clearly a cult that they can't even respond to yeah. that in an angry way. It's like, ha, ha, yes. Well, what an idea that it would be a cult. It's like, oh, girl. It's like it's Rodan so. and Fields being like, is this a pyramid scheme? And then it's like, no, it's like, it is a skincare crazy. side hustle. <laughs> so um, so uh, David says, well, I'm going to show you this video. And what I thought was the movie's funniest moment, they don't have a TV, so he has to show it on a laptop. <laughs> so there's like a room full of like... But it's like a beautiful Hollywood Hills home. It should have a television. They don't have a TV. Of we course, don't they're cord-cutting nightmares. We don't watch... Well, they don't have a landline. And also, it doesn't yeah. seem like they're planning to be in this uh, house for that long. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so they watch it on a laptop, and it is a full-on recruitment video. And it's Dr. Joseph being like... Where is Dr. Joseph hot? No, he's like old. He's oh. like a um, you know, like um, Jim Jones type. You know, okay. he's like yeah, well, uh, some uh, some classic quotes from him. Wherever wherever you are, we transcend. 
And basically, oh. and so the hard pitch is like, actually, if you think about it, death isn't bad. We're just like, guys, oh I my understand. God. Like, listen, pain as a human being, it's really hard to process. But you don't have to go that far afield. You get, you are allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be in horrible pain because the so, option is you be like, I guess it's okay if people die, and maybe it's even a good thing. That is an insane way to live, right? So that's all. That's all I have to say about that. That's so an insane way to live. In the video, so then it's a recruitment video. We um, in the video, whichever one of this dinner party is watching, um, they watch a woman named Annie um, die. She's no. dying in a bed. And they're all like, so afterwards, so they just watch it. She just peacefully sort of goes out. And afterwards, Gina, the one other rational person, is like, we did not just watch somebody die at your party. Like, why would you show this Chill video? Chill dinner party. <laughs> and, and the people, the real sellouts, the people who really throw Will and everyone else on the bus are Tom and Miguel. Because they are like, well, you know, actually, it's like good that we Wait, watched so someone Tommy die. Ma- so- they're the gay couple. But, like, does everybody know each yes. other? They're all friends. They're all old friends. But they have not seen each other in about two years since the child So died. no one knows who's been talking. To, they just know, like— they, No one's been talking to anybody. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess they've been talking about themselves. But, yeah, no one's been talking to Ian and David. This is all news to them. Okay. Um, nobody's been talking to Will. And there's a moment where I think Gina and Claire both sort of, like, take him aside and was like, hey, I, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, I thought you needed space, but maybe, like, looking back, like, I should have been more— Sure. In a normal way. Where right. it's like, yeah. Like a human. Should, yeah. But, well, unfortunately, that's a normal way to react to death. And so they watch this video, and then afterwards, you're like, leave the fucking party. If somebody yeah. puts on a fucking video— No. If someone puts on YouTube videos, I will leave a party. Oh, just, even if they're good like or funny, like, and not— But if the party is turned into, we're watching YouTube videos, I'm, I'm out. Home. I'm out. So if somebody plays a video of a woman named Annie dying, you got to get out there. But because, like, Tommy and Miguel, and, like, there's sort of this vibe where it's like— you don't want to be judgmental, and Eden's like, this really helped me deal with our son's death. So I don't want right. anyone you don't judging want to t- me. Yeah. Nope. And you're like, all right, I guess um, that makes sense. And they do a good job of establishing, like, once you're already there, there's, like, that peer pressure to be like, I don't yeah. want to be the one that's leaving, yeah. even though I know that it's weird. And Eden and David are like, this freed us from grief. Like, this is, you know, important for us. And do we know who of David's life has passed? Um, no, he was in the grief group. I assume it's either a spouse or a, a child, but okay. he does not. But it's not, okay, but it's not part of this. No, at least for David, no. But we will hear about who died in Pruitt's, um, you okay. know. So basically it's like there, David and the others are like, this process being a part of this group allowed us to see, you know, death is just a part of life. And like, yes. we're not sad anymore. We are we are not uh, grieving. Will flips out and was like, Our son died, Edie, and you're trying to ignore it. It, it, it meant Something when he died, and don't you try to erase that? Ty was real. It was. Re- it is real. He's screaming at this dinner party. So then he becomes sort of like the guy where it's like, oh, Will's the one acting crazy, and he's acting crazy, but in yeah, a reaction to something like, that is like way crazy. When everything else is crazier. And also, like if your son dies, I think you're allowed to flip out at a dinner party. You could be. You could <laughs> kind of do whatever you want for. Kind of as many years as you really need to. Right, exactly. It's like a breakup. You have to do it for half of the time that, sorry, that your child lives. Yes. But but really, you could do it for the rest of your you life. You can do it for the rest of your life, and it's fine. So it's kind of like, but then, like, everyone else is like, oh, we'll just be chill, you know, whatever. In a way that, again, New York you just wouldn't fly. No. And so um, David uh, goes to Miguel, who I guess is a doctor or some sort of medical professional, and says, I found these pills. What is she taking? And Will's like, those are phenobarbital, but you shouldn't really be going through people's pills or whatever. 
And so Miguel immediately says to David, this guy thinks you're on pills. And it's like, Miguel, oh my why God, Miguel, are you, why are you blowing this, this up? Well, it's like how Kira sort of like uh, threw him under the bus about the coyote thing. Yeah. But, um, but, but I think yeah. Tom Catch and Miguel are like the most, like, this is, LA. they literally say this is LA at some, at some point. Oh my God. Like, this is a little weird and like a little, you know what I mean? So they're trying to explain it. And you're like, yeah, I can understand that there are social constraints. Absolutely. For leaving. But also there are certain social constraints, like you're not going to. Um, there's also like mental health, like necessity of like, everyone here is being crazy. I need yes. to not be crazy. You're like, I'm getting out of here. So I need cell phone service. So David, I won't say anywhere that doesn't have cell phone service for more so, than 25 minutes. Exactly. So David said, hey, I'm really sorry, everyone, that I showed that video of that lady dying. So let's play a game. <laughs> a game! It does things like, I'd rather, if we're talking about like, would I rather watch a woman die in a video or play a game at a party? Oh, watch a woman die in a video. Ten times over. I'd rather watch a YouTube video of a woman die peacefully again. She's not being injured. Murdered. <laughs> She's dying of cancer. Um, versus playing a game? Absolutely. Oh, God, a game. So they start playing it. So the big game is called I Want. So it's like... Ugh, that's not even a real game. No, absolutely not. And Eden's like, I want to kiss Ben, like the guy she slapped earlier. Okay. Who's, who's marrying his wife. And he's like, all right. So they kiss, but it's like a really intense kiss. So you're like, oh, okay. Okay. And then Gina says, oh, again, her boyfriend Choi has still not shown up, right? So okay. we still don't know where Choi is. And people keep making comment about it where I was like, if, my boy, if I was expecting my boyfriend to come to this extremely weird party... And I couldn't get cell service. I'd be like, I want to drive an, a mile away and How, call wherever him. I have to go, so I can make sure he's not dead. Also, as an excuse to get out of the party, yes, obviously. But Gina's like, boy, I wish I had some coke or whatever. And David's like, actually, I have coke, so they are doing coke. Of course, or whatever. they have coke. And then Pruitt, John Carroll Lynch said, I want to talk about my wife, and everyone's like, oh uh, Jesus! Even if it wasn't a game, and someone said that, I'd be upset. <laughs> oh, if, you, if anyone said it, like. So, of course, uh, his wife is dead and, like, they, he was grieving or whatever. Then you find out that he accidentally killed her or oh was it accidental. But he's like, but, you know, now because of the invitation, I don't blame myself. Even though you're like, bitch, it's like, it was you should fault. definitely blame yourself. I mean, they were in a fight and he punched her and essentially, like, her head hit the floor or something and she died. So, yeah, he wasn't intentionally Jesus killing Christ. her, but he did right. assault her. But you, yeah. And he did serve uh, seven years in jail. And so everyone's like, oh, chill, chill, dude, okay. And then, like, <laughs> and then so finally Claire is like, I'm going home. Good. God bless her. And I mean, someone like, needed to go home. Someone needs to be like, I, you just told a story about how you accidentally murdered your wife. And then based on this group, group you don't blame yourself for murdering her anymore. And you're yeah. not sad. So I'm going to go. So Pruitt's like, great, I'll, I'll, I'm parked behind you, so I'll walk you out. Oh, what? boy. You don't like to no. do that. So Will should The worst just, chaperone. Exactly. So Will should have just followed them. But now Will is like, oh, shit. Did he kill Claire? Whatever. So Claire's gone. And Pruitt comes back. Forever. We don't see her again. Okay. So we actually don't... I actually don't know if we were ever resolved. But yeah, so you're just I'm like... I'm assuming she's dead. You're like, everyone just leave the party, leave the party, leave the party. Just get out of there. And so... And it's funny because Claire basically is like grossed out by... Really, the kiss more than anything else. Well, I mean, understandably. But but also, I understand. It's like you're at a party. Someone showed a picture, a video of someone dying. People are doing coke. People are kissing each other's spouses. That's not a party that everyone wants that's, to be at. That's truly not a party. Right. Then or it just becomes like a, a weird... A good party? I don't know. I know. Well, it depends on... How, <laughs> Who you are. But if you don't like it, then Claire is right to get yes, out. absolutely. So Claire is now gone. We don't ever find out what happened to her. Great. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time 
only on Netflix. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So, yada, yada, yada. Um, Sadie is now sort of trying to hit on Will. Who's there with his girlfriend, Kira? Sadie, again, is... The creepy bottomless woman. Oh, right, of course. Who's like, and she is the worst. She even has to play any games. I mean, she's already showed him her puss. I mean, and she's like, wow, things don't seem like they're really going well with you and Kira. And it's like, <laughs> bitch, I don't know you. I don't know your last name. Like, you were what wearing are you talking pants about? the first time I saw you. I saw your vagina the second I saw you, you know? And so Will's, like, getting more and more freaked out about the whole situation. Understanding like, Tommy is the one who's like, you're, act- you're acting weird. What? Everything is fine. This is L.A., man. You're freaking okay, people this out. Is not, no, this is L.A. doesn't hold up for anything except for people being unhappy. <laughs> Tommy is a bad, dumb friend. Yeah, and he obviously. really does the wrong thing here. But, but they also do a good job in the movie of being like, yeah, I guess that if you interpreted everything right. benignly, that makes sense. So Will's like, okay, Claire's gone. I am convinced that, she, oh no, here's it. So he goes out to the backyard and um, so where he finally gets cell phone reception. He has a voicemail from Choi from seven o'clock hours ago. Okay. And Choi says, I'm outside, I'm going to go in. Could you pick up dessert because I forgot or whatever. So Choi has been there since seven o'clock. So Will's like, oh fuck God. this. No, this that's kill so fucked up. So he goes back in. And so everyone's sort of sitting down for this lavish, you would die. This dinner party, oh my God. Tell me one dish. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you, but, like, <laughs> everything's, like, a delicious, like, vegetable. Yeah, like, all and, different kinds of wine. Yeah, it looks like a very, I mean, it looks like a very bread. L.A. dinner party. But yes. also, like, a dinner party I would have here. Exactly. I think of you would do really well at a dinner party. And so he goes Should I host there. this? Yes. Okay. If you wouldn't mind. <laughs> so they're all sitting down. And so, you know, they're like, wow, thanks so much. Blah, 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 blah. It's Miguel's birthday. They have a birthday cake. And Will finally goes, where's Joy? And he tries to, like, stand up for himself. He's like, something is going on here. Something is fucking wrong. Like, this is ridiculous. And so Kira finally says, well, we should just leave. You're freaking out. And he says, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving now until we find out what happened to Choi. Fair. Choi eventually shows up. It turns out he was just running late or he had to go back to work or something. But what so then everyone, <laughs> and so what's good, because in this movie, it's not like, there's a lot of movies where I feel like they make you think like, oh, is Will crazy? No, you know he's not. Right. But what's happening Also, I is, would have turned it off by now, just as, for our measurement of when am I scared. I've been scared for a long time. <laughs> so in a, a lot of these movies, they make you think like, is the protagonist crazy? Unreliable. Yeah, yeah, you don't know like who to trust. Instead, what this movie is, you know that he's right, but you're seeing how like the social pressure of him being there Makes him doubt himself. That is terrifying. And it's it's not scarier than not way. knowing what the reality is. Exactly, because you're like, yeah, I've seen a bunch of movies where it turns out, oh, the protagonist is crazy, right. or like this they, wasn't what it seemed, or like whatever. This is like you know that everyone is in horrible danger. Something fucking wrong is going on. They watch that video of that lady dying. That's yeah, not good. That's not good. You know that people should just go home, but they're like, they just can't do it. They yeah. cannot Oof. motivate themselves um, to do so it. So Choi shows up. Choi shows up. And finally, they, you know, they're they're all having a glass of wine to toast one another. And Will is like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna like force myself to do it. And um, as they're getting ready, he sees David light a red lantern in the backyard. That seems suspicious. It's bad. It's not good. I mean, I've never seen somebody light a red lantern, but it can't be good. 
And so, oh, and also he has a moment with Eden where basically he's like, he basically apologizes like, everyone, I'm so sorry that I was really freaking out. This is the first time I've been here since our child died and I, you know, whatever. And the thing that convinces them to say are like, Eden and David are so nice. They're like, it's yeah. totally fine. It, we completely understand. I, before we went to this thing, I, you know, yeah. it's fine to be freaked out. We're all friends here. And then you're like, yeah, that's what you want people to say. Like, you want right. you to be like, that's it's exactly okay. the, the invitation you exactly. would need to and say. And so Will's like, okay, good. Like, no one's mad at me. I'll right. stay or whatever. Right, right, and right. he and Eden have a moment where it's like, you know, this thing happened to us. And right. it was horrible, but like, you know, we have to figure out a way to deal with it. And Ian's like, this is weird, but this is just the way that I deal with it. Right. And I understand if it's not for you, but like, I, I hope that for you, you get to be happy and you're not torn up. And Will is sort of coming to like the realization, like he is super fucked up about it, right. as you should be. Yeah, as of course your you child died. Right, of course. So it's sort of like his messiness is being like cast as if it's like this, it's his, like, oh, you're handling this badly. And we're handling it so elegantly. And yes. like, we're yes. so good yes. at dealing with this. So they all sit down for a glass of wine. And Will's like, no, I think this is fucked up. Yeah. And he starts, and they do a toast. He starts slapping everyone's glass of the wine out of their hands, screaming, don't drink it. Because he's convinced that, that she put, yeah, like, that pills she put, like, the pills in it because she had all those pills. So everyone freaks out at him. People are, like, shoving him or whatever. Like, people are freaking out. And um, Sadie lunges at him, and he knocks Sadie to the ground. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Sadie's hurt, which is, like, who cares? Also, real quick, Sadie, the only Sadie I know, was a golden retriever that I met on a flight to Nantucket, and it was her first flight. Oh. And she was having a great time. Oh, so good. it's I'm really hard for me to picture out. this film that I haven't seen but have seen the trailer and not imagine, like, halfway through that a golden retriever walks in and is like, I'm here. A Let's do this. A very sexy golden retriever. That's so redundant. She lunges at him, and everyone's, like, arguing, like, Will, you're ruining it, blah, blah. And everyone turns, and Gina is passed out on the table, foam coming out of her mouth. Because she did she drink, drink the, the wine. wine. And of course the wine is fucking spiced. Of course it is. And so Will's like, oh, boy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone, and again, but like, no one has reception. And Ben's like, I have to, I'm have going to call 911. No reception. He tries to leave. All the doors are locked. Okay, So obviously. they are locked inside with everybody. And as they're arguing and fighting, suddenly David shows up and just shoots Miguel, who's what a the doctor. Fuck? I think Miguel was trying the to, The like, only person who could have, yes. Just shoots Miguel on the head. And then from then on, you know, oh, this was all a setup. Oh, from then on, we know? It was, well, I mean, you knew yeah. the whole time. But, like, there's no question. But then it's like, like, well, Will was right. You know yeah. what I mean? But and now you're all stuck here. So now they're all locked, and there's, like, melee. There's gunshots. There's people, like, stabbing each other, like, trying to get out of the house. And there's bars on the window, so you can't break the windows. You cannot get out. And you're locked in. So eventually, you're just with David and Kira. And you're like, please, Kira, I just hope you don't die. Because you're the girlfriend. You were forced to go to this dinner party with these bunch of weirdos. Yeah. And you're just hoping, like, to get through it. But she and Will are trying to get through the house. They cannot escape. And so finally, they run into Eden. And Eden shoots Will. And then shoots herself in the stomach. The worst way to kill yourself. Oof. Yeah, because you wouldn't. Yeah, go every time. So Kira, so it's Kira and Will are still alive, and Eden's sort of on the ground. David is still stalking around the home, um, killing everybody. You see him and Pruitt kill Ben. Sure. You know, you see Pruitt die, and then finally you see David. You know, still alive, and then finally the person who comes to Will and Kira's rescue is Tommy, who owes them a lot because he's the one who is like, "You're acting crazy. This is everything's fine." So he comes out and essentially kills David. Okay. So How was he okay? Did he just somehow? Escape I think he the, ran out. So yeah. Miguel was killed. His husband or partner or yeah. whatever was murdered. He's able to escape to another room and then finally comes out and, sure. and kills. Yeah. So Tommy is alive and Will and Kira are alive. 
And but Eden is dying. And basically Eden says, you know, I'm really sorry. I really just, I really biffed this one. Like she has the realization like, you know, maybe this isn't good. Maybe it's bad that we're doing this. Wait, so she was really into the cult and like believed. Yes. But like what is, and perhaps we're getting there in a moment, but like why would the cult want? So basically they were going to kill everybody and then kill themselves. Okay, so it's, okay, it's that kind of cult. The argument is essentially, uh, David says at this point, there's one point, this is the only way we could stop hurting. Is to die. Everyone needs to it's die. It's for everyone to everyone die. Everyone needs to die. And they're actually doing their friends and loved ones a favor. A favor. By killing them and ending life, which life means pain. And they are brainwashed on part of this cult. They're not like yes. masterminds of any kind. No, no, no. Okay. So they An are interesting twist of, to the villain. Exactly. Yeah, they have been brainwashed by Dr. Joseph. You don't, Dr. Joseph never, never shows up. You never see him. But I mean, they, he's busy. But they do allude to, like, there are thousands of people that are part of this. Like, oh, Ben's boss does the invitation. Like, this is more, like, common. It's like, oh, I go down to, like, whatever, Peru and do ayahuasca. Like, now it's, like, sort of, like, a more popular thing. So that little groan was a little dog. A little dog. He's not, I mean, you know, he's 25 pounds. And Eden says, hey, would you take me outside because I want to die and, like, look at the stars. You're like, bitch, uh, you don't even deserve that, but okay. No, you don't. So she takes, so Will, Kira, and Tommy take her outside. She dies. And she said, like, she has a moment where she's like, I hope, and basically she's like, I hope I'm going to see you, but she dies before she can say it. And they're standing out there, um, and Tommy's like, I have to get Miguel's body, you know? My husband just got murdered right in front of me. And so Kira and Will are looking out over the Hollywood Hills. And you know how David lit that light, that red light. The best shot in the entire movie is they look out over the the Hollywood Hills, (gasps) and all these red lanterns are turning on. Oh, my God. That's so scary. And as they're listening, they can hear, like, all these ambulances and helicopters and all these people. people getting... Yeah, they hear screams, like, all this stuff. The implication being that this was the night that everyone in the invitation was going to enact this final plan. Right, of, like, killing everyone they know and then themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the invitation. How do you feel about that? So it ends so much scarier. The ending is a knockout. Like, when you see that final scene, yeah. I think that, like, any good horror movie of the, like, four I've ever seen and Mm -hmm. hated so much. um, But, like, having, like, an amazing final shot for any movie is pretty difficult, especially a movie, like, that's the twist. The twist is the last scene of the movie. Yeah. That's nuts. And they do a good job. Like, you see the lantern, and you, even when you know, like, oh, this is probably a signal. But you don't know. Yeah, you don't know that, oh, what the implication is that all these hundreds if not thousands of people are doing the exact same thing. That is terrifying. Love and then it. would also just make me, it makes me terrified to spend time with anyone moving forward. Hey man, that's LA. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it's this LA. is just like people are on their own journey and sometimes the journey is um a murder suicide. Yeah, 100% stabbing your husband right in front of you. Yeah. I mean so what's the moral you're asking? Yeah, what usually I I want to ask you like what do you think this movie is trying to say? If is you, this a message about grief? Is this yes. about cults? Is this about... Like every cult. If dinner think, parties, Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. If you're living in LA and you think, I've found the one way to live that will not cause pain and I will never, I will always be happy. You're in a cult, you gotta get out. Yeah, I think that that's actually quite a good moral. If somebody has promised you a life of unending happiness with no despair, you're in a cult, you gotta yeah, get out. Yeah, you gotta get out. And we you know can't. you're in LA. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And my favorite part of the movie is that Kira lives because I thought for sure as the girlfriend. She seemed like she an said. instant like first death or at least like a 
seminal one. Right. Like, it's like later on, like she dies in his arms, he loses again. No, she makes it through. She's Good for Kira. I know. Oh, I'm happy for her. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. I we ruined it for, thoroughly for you. I mean, this was so ruined in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, join us um, next time. You can follow me at Hallie Kiefer on Twitter. And follow me at Allison Leiby on Twitter. Keep it spooky. Keep it. Oh, no. I'll, I'll- Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.